in order to make sure that you have the right fit for your business, you have Mm -hmm. to get to the heart of what your business is and who you are as a business owner, what your business stands for, and really figure out that culture that you want your business to have. When you figure out the values of your business and you find somebody that shares those same values and really believes in what you're doing in your business, it's going to help hands down. It's tenfold in what you can see in who you bring into your business and how long they're willing to stay there and how dedicated they're going to be for your business. Hey ladies, welcome to season three of B3 Podcast, Boss Babies and Bottles. And for those of you that are new here, my name is Jessica with a Y. I'm a twin mom, wedding and event planner, entrepreneur, and for today, your drinking buddy. May that be coffee or wine, depending on the time of day. Here I get real with you and talk about all things mom life, building your business and event planning. What I've loved most about my first two seasons with you guys is that I've gotten to meet some amazing women and moms that are just like me, just trying to do their best in life. I've also been able to get super real with you all on my life and motherhood in general. So join me this season as I go through the twins' first birthday and what it's like to be a mom of twin free toddlers. I'll also be having some amazing special guests and going through some of my best wedding planning stories too. So grab your favorite bottle or drink and let's get this party started. Hey everyone, welcome to today's episode of Boss Babies and Bottles V3. Today we have the amazing Anne Hill. Thank you so much for joining us, Anne. Hello, it's so nice to be here. Yeah, so guys, Anne Hill has had the desire to help others for a long time, as long as she can really remember. And even as a child, Anne was rising to the rank of captain in whatever sport she played. She spent over 15 years in the physical therapy field, uh, where she really just thrived at managing the operations side of the business, along with supporting multiple other rehabilitation managers in the area. So she quickly realized how much of a correlation there was between health of a person and the health of a business. So Anne went on to create Hilltop Virtual Solutions, which we're going to talk a little bit about today. So why don't you start off by telling us about yourself, Anne? Hi. Yeah. Thanks for, for having me here. And I, um, as you mentioned, my background is in physical therapy. I, um, played soccer in college and, um, tore my ACL and realized that after going through therapy myself, that it was a fun thing to do. Um, and I, I did enjoy the years in therapy, um, that I worked, but, um, but came to a point after having kids myself and after, um, after just, kind of getting burnt out with the healthcare industry that I was looking for something new. And when I explored what different options were out there, I was able to, to look at the experiences that I had had and what I liked doing in my job and realized that really over, over the end of my career in the physical therapy world, it was more in that management role. And so, um, so I started to, to look at what options I had and how I could support other businesses in operations. What I do with Hilltop Virtual Solutions, and I have a team with me that, that works um, in my business as well. We help businesses um, really continue to thrive, continue to strategically make strong, smart decisions in what they're doing and just help in that operations role I've found through experiences myself and also with um, business owners that I've worked with that you get to a point when you're growing where all of a sudden you feel like you're the bottleneck, you're the reason that things aren't continuing to progress and, and they need somebody, a trusted partner that they can bring into the business and feel like they can continue to grow and not be that bottleneck that's limiting and stopping the growth of their business. Oh yeah. I, 
it happens to a lot of new businesses and sometimes new businesses grow even a little bit faster than they thought. And so yeah, kind of all, all goes into place. So I totally get that. So I guess tell us a little bit more, I mean, Helltop Virtual Solutions, what is it that you do for companies and businesses? So we uh, come in and we help with um, with operations. We help look at processes, look at workflows. We look at if there's more efficient ways to streamline the processes in their businesses. And then also look at if they haven't brought on any team members, but are wanting to grow, yeah. uh, making sure that that, you know, that onboarding process for the team members are there is there and that they have systems in place that they can train others on mm-hmm. and that some of those tasks and things that get done in the back end of a business can be done by others and not all everything, you know, sitting on the the shoulders of the business owner still. Yeah. Because I mean, especially as a small business, when you're first hiring your first people, you know, it's it's kind of crazy. Hiring people in general is a pain in the butt. (laughs) Nothing that anybody wants to do, which is why big companies have HR people who solely their only job is to do that. So what do you, I mean, like it, how do we know that we're hiring the right person for our business? So I actually like doing some of that hiring stuff. So <laughs> I'm one of those rare people. That I'm likes one of those that sort very of rare people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, what I like to do though, and part of why I like to do it though, is because it really, you get, you, in order to make sure that you have the right fit for your business, you have mm-hmm. to get to the heart of what your business is and who you, who you are as a business owner what your business stands for and really figure out that culture that you want your business to have. When you figure out the values of your business and you find somebody that shares those same values and really believes in what you're doing in your business, it's going to help hands down. It's, it's tenfold in what you can see in who you bring into your business and how long they're willing to stay there and how dedicated they're going to be for your business. Um, And so some of that as the business owner really has to be figured out first before even looking at what do I start to delegate and who can I train to do this stuff? Some businesses even have, like, they know that they're going to have a certain turnover at a certain point in time. And yeah. like, it's good for you to know that, like, is this the next person I want for the next, let's say two years? Like that's, that's what I know my turnaround is. Yeah. Well, and looking at the growth of where you want your business to be and making sure that somebody has that same idea and they agree with what you are wanting to do in your business and that they also see what the, you know, what their role is in the business. Um, if they're looking to be promoted, if they're looking to continue to grow in what they do, or if they're looking for the experience, like you're saying, where potentially there is a certain turnaround time frame. Yeah. Knowing those things right off the bat definitely is helpful. You can train. I found for the most part, you can train people in the skills that are needed. What you can't train somebody in is what their values are and making sure that there's a match there. Yep. So I say that all the time. I'm like, you know, especially, I mean, obviously being in the wedding planning difference industry is a completely different industry. (laughs) I'm like, I can teach people the skills that they need, but I can't teach them how to be charismatic. I can't teach them to be people, you know, to to care, you know, to, because this is a very emotional industry. I can't teach those things. Those are the characteristics that I look for when I look for someone. Yeah, definitely. That completely makes sense. How do I identify what is and what isn't working in our businesses for us? So when you are looking at your business um, as a whole, I mean, it's really looking at numbers, looking at data, looking at... And my listeners are probably tired of hearing about this, but we talk about it all the time. You have to know your numbers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, and also knowing the numbers that matter, because there is a difference between, you know, I could track 50 different numbers, but if only three of them really make a difference in my business, then then why am I keeping... 
I don't just need the busy work. I need to know what numbers matter and what numbers are going to make a difference in moving the needle forward in my business. If my goal is to be growing, knowing numbers for sure is an important thing. And then when you do look at those numbers and when you do track it, that's how you're going to see what is and isn't working in the business. Um, if something is staying stagnant, looking at it, is this, is this something that I should be doing differently? Is it something that really maybe isn't the right move for the business right now? And that's why it's not moving and why we're not going the direction that we think we should be here. But it, it truly comes down to knowing data to really know what is and isn't working yeah. in the business. Yeah, that's, I guess, really the only way. And I'm trying to find like a like an example here that we could kind of give the listeners. Um, what are, what is uh, You work with mainly health companies. I, I work with a lot of different industries. I have worked with some, um, I mean, I've worked with some businesses in the legal field. I've worked with some businesses um, in the marketing industry. I've, I've worked across the board, but I have worked with some businesses in the health yeah. So how does somebody like improve their systems and, and streamline their business? It's looking at really figuring out what their business is and what it is that they do day in and day out. One thing that I've noticed a lot of people, especially when they're getting ready to hire someone is it's, it's like, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Do I need to hire somebody to help me get all of these processes in place? Or do I get these processes in place and systems in my business first? And then hire on the team that I can train them with. In reality, there, there isn't really a wrong decision with it. Yeah. In all honesty. <laughs> I'm like, I'm thinking about it too. I'm like, what? There isn't, is there yeah, there isn't really a wrong decision with it as much as it's just mm -hmm. needing to do something and needing to take action. So yeah. if the, if your intent is to try to get some of your systems in place first, then start recording what you're doing is a great thing that you can do and talk through what you're doing. Because a lot of times that people will think, well, I'm not just going to, you know, they're going to be sitting there watching something happen on my screen, especially if it's a, whether it's, you know, running through an invoice, you're invoicing a client or you are responding to an email a certain way, or you're in a certain system, a platform for somebody and you are entering in some data for them. I mean, record yourself doing these things and you can talk through what you're doing and why you're doing what you're doing. And that will help somebody else later on come through, watch the video, see how to do it, but then they can also put those procedures together if they need to do that. And it hasn't been done yet, but that's a great way to still start getting some things in place so that you actually have record of what you're doing in your business. Yeah. I think it also helps too. So that you don't have to constantly be retraining people to a certain. Oh, level. definitely. Yeah. I've never thought about recording myself, but even now I think about it. I'm like, my God, I'm training on the same thing again, you know? Mm -hmm. And you know, as the years go by, you want things to be simpler for you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you want the training process to be easier for you. Yeah. And once you get through that first person that you've trained, you can, if changes happen, because inevitably changes do happen in business, whether it's, you know, the platform changed in how it looks, it did an update or something like that, or you've changed a process, the people that you train, you have them re-record the new video with the new way of doing it so that you constantly are having updated and up everything current, but you physically aren't having to spend the time doing all of it. Yeah. And I think the first time, you know, and I'm only saying this to myself, obviously, as a business owner, the first time I trained somebody was probably the best time I trained them. Every time <laughs> after that, it's true because you just, you, you're like, oh yeah, you know, and so I don't know, you just, and then you're busier and this and that. So I like the idea of the recording for sure. And, and, and establishing SOPs, you know, I grew up with in the first job I ever had, which was at a martial arts school. That's all we talked about was SOPs and, and, yeah. that. and a lot of people don't even understand SOPs. They don't know anything about that. 
And they just kind of, well, I don't know, fly by the seat of their pants. I'm not really sure. So, but I know you talk a lot about systems and SOPs for, for companies and businesses, right? Yeah. And one thing that I like to really dive into with business owners also is, especially when I'm working through SOPs um, with them is really why they're making the decisions that they're doing and what they're doing with that. Because the why really helps to help, help somebody understand that's coming in that you're trying to train on it. If they see more of why things are being done, I find that you get a lot better just commitment and follow through from people to do what it is that you're asking them to do. Yeah, I agree. Cause sometimes they don't understand the end goal. Yeah. And how they fit into the big picture, because it, it may be a very minimal task per se, um, that, that you need somebody to do, but that one piece of the, you know, 500 puzzle piece yeah. of puzzle is, is it all still needs to be done and it needs to be done the way that it's been, you know, instructed in being done so that you have the consistency across the board, um, both for your team and also for yourself and for your clients that you're working with. Of course. So like, yeah, how do I know what's going on in my business though when I start delegating to others? Because that's, I think the hardest part that, that business owners, you know, have, they don't like to delegate because they know they can do it better and they're not sure what's happening when they do delegate. And this is actually one of the, the hardest things that I find um, business owners getting over that hurdle with a little bit is with the delegation. And what it comes down to is communication. It comes down to communication, not only from the business owner, but also from that team member. Um, and especially when it is just maybe one, that first hire or those, those first couple of people that you're bringing on, um, setting the expectations and then having open communication with it. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with um, having an expectation of somebody giving you, whether it's an end of day or an end of week report or something like that, so that you can get a feel for what progress have we made? What progress have we not made? What barriers got in the way so that we weren't able to progress the way that we were expecting to. That makes a lot of sense. I think there's also, you know, something that as you talk about it, I think about it, it's like micromanaging. Sometimes as business owners, we need to know which employees to micromanage and which to not. Yeah, I well, and I'm a huge. And it's hard. Yeah, I was going to say, and I'm a huge fan of not micromanaging. That's where I sometimes feel like it may be a wrong fit if you're feeling like you need to micromanage someone, because I really don't think I truly believe that you have not delegated a task if you are having to micromanage somebody doing the task. Um, agree. There's I'm not. not it's not really it's not helping. micromanaging, but I think when you first train someone, the oversight. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta like be there to support them. Maybe that's the yes. better term. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> support them when they first go out on their own so that they feel that confidence, um, to, you know, as they keep, as they continue. Right. Right. And also giving them it, what it is, is it's that decision part of it, giving mm -hmm. them the ability to start making the decisions and know that you've trained them in a way to make the decisions the way that you feel like they should be. Yeah. Um, kind of like the parenting business. for an adult. It totally is. It's exactly what it is. It sounds like I'm parenting my children. <laughs> like, oh yeah, just trust that you taught them well and right. let them go. And I'm like, no, <laughs> that doesn't sound like anything I want to do. <laughs> yes, it's exactly what it is. And micromanage my children. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! All right, I got it. Um, so, how? How? Explain to me here, because obviously, as we started this, you know, we talked about 
my, my so busy life with my one-year-old twins. Uh, how do I manage my personal life and my professional life? Because right now I don't, I don't see a balance here. <laughs> and I think a lot of that comes down to, well, number one is you're bringing on team members and you're starting to delegate things and getting those off of your plate. That part is, is huge with it to be able to, to get a better balance there. Another part of it is to truly set boundaries, both with your team members and with your clients. Um, so that you have like I say with myself, I'm like, yes, I need to set boundaries with myself so <laughs> and with yourself off. <laughs> and enforce those boundaries. Yes. <laughs> enforce boundaries on myself. Got it. Basically hiding my phone from myself. That's what I need to do. <laughs> oh, I get it. I get it. It's, it, it really is that, you know, and there's some days where I'm like, no, nope, it's not happening today, you know? And then there's some days where I'm like, oh, I just, I have to look at it. I have to answer it. It's hard. It's hard. Well, and there, there are going to be times when I think, especially in, in the wedding industry that there are going to be, there's deadlines and it, oh, no, yeah. it's not just with, with the wedding industry, but obviously there are deadlines in that industry for sure. There are times when you, you need to give yourself the understanding and the grace that, you know, there are going to be times when those boundaries need to potentially shift a little bit. There's also going to be times when it is important to really emphasize the, the boundary for you and that you need that time away from the business. Having team members that understand where those boundaries are though, can be helpful um, in general in the business as the business owner for you to then have, have the the differences there with personal and professional time. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Cause if you have the right people, um, which right now, I I think one of my team members is amazing. And, And, you know, some of the things that she'll say to me will be like, Oh, it's okay. Like, this is the time that you're going to be with your kids. And I'm like, oh yeah, thank you for reminding me that this is the time I'm supposed to be with my children. Because I said that to you before and now you're telling me, thank you. You know, but it's true. It's, it's so true. If I don't do that, then you never, you never, you just, it's hard. It's, it's just so hard. There's always work to do. It, well, and especially when you work in, when you own a business really is what it is there, there isn't really a separation. Your brain is always thinking about your business, mm-hmm. but you have to consciously realize that this is exactly like you said, this is my personal time. This is when I'm not going to focus on it. And this is when I am going to focus on it. Yeah. Um, but as a business effective that way, that's just the reality. You yeah. Know, you're more effective as a, as a leader, as a, as a parent, as whatever, if you're 100% attentive to what you're supposed to be doing at that time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. The multitasking that we, we like to, especially as women think women. that we're good at, we're not yeah. always as good as we think we are. <laughs> so. Definitely not. Definitely not. Children, I thought I was a great multitasker and my twins have really, (laughs) really proven proven a lot of things. And that's one of them that I thought I could multitask, but not with twin toddlers. Definitely. Yeah. (laughs) Not not for me. So how can I learn to focus on what matters most in my life and in my business? Well, and that ties back to a little bit about what we've been talking about here is really, um, really looking at what what matters to you and making sure that you set those boundaries around what matters to you. So um, for instance, I know you have younger kiddos right now, but I have a, a, a yeah, son that's about to start school here tomorrow is when he starts school um, again for the school year. Tuesday. Yeah. yeah they start on a Tuesday. It's kind of odd, but they start on Tuesdays. <laughs> so um, with that though, I mean, there's a time in the evenings when I know that he's going to be home, he's going to have sports, he's going to have things going on that I'm going to need to be attentive to. Yeah. Um, and, and it's important for me because that matters to me. It's infor- important for me to emphasize where those boundaries need to be both with my team, with my clients. And it's not to say that I won't 
still get the job done for them. I, I very much will for the clients that I work with, but there is a window of time that I won't be available in a day. It means later on in the evening, I may be doing some work instead of during that window of time. It's taking those important things that matter to me and it's emphasizing that where those boundaries need to be to myself, to my team and to my clients. So yeah, I agree. Love it. Anything we missed in, anything you think our ladies should know? I don't think so offhand. It was definitely fun chatting with you and just um, emphasizing, you know, I like doing the hiring stuff, even though some people don't. <laughs> so well, I like this episode is called the back end of running a business. <laughs> the hiring is 100% the back end. <laughs> and I would say 99% of the world does not like it except for you. <laughs> and a few well, others. And actually, a few others. <laughs> one thing that I would actually emphasize with that when it comes to teams and building a team is, um, is taking the time to, to put in that onboarding process for your team is just as important as that onboarding process for your clients. A lot of times as business owners, we really emphasize the client perspective and the client journey and and all of that sort of thing, which 100% is important. But I do think that the more time and energy we do put into the team um, and making sure that they have a great experience with it too, when it's the right fit, just helps you to maintain that right fit even longer. Yeah, that's true. And the more, the more you train your staff properly, the easier it is for you. I mean, that's, oh, yeah. you know, that should go without saying, but that is true. You know, yeah. sometimes we say we don't have time to teach them. Well, then do you have time to work for the rest of your life or do you have time to teach them? I mean, just like right, right. that in perspective, you know, for sure. So obviously this wouldn't be the boss babies and bottles podcast though. If I did not ask you, what is your favorite drink or bottle? <laughs> I, um, would I, let's see, I would go with wine and probably a, um, Moscato is probably oh, my favorite. Look at you all fancy. Which is <laughs> I like it. It's the sweeter white wines. That's what I, I haven't gotten into the dry reds yet. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <coughs> I, uh, I drink them all, which is a problem. <laughs> all I drink is water and wine. I shouldn't say anything. Well, thank you, Anne, so much for joining me today on the B3 Podcast. And ladies, thank you so much for listening as well on the back end of running a business. Catch you guys on the next episode. Bye. Thank you, as always, for your love and support. The B3 Podcast wouldn't be anything without you. Make sure if you haven't already, please subscribe and review the podcast. And make sure to look me up on Instagram at ebjevents or canal.twins to stay up to date on upcoming special events and exciting announcements I might have. See you on the next one. <laughs>